You're listening to Burnout Made Me Do It, a podcast for Monday haters looking for change, where I share tips on how to prevent and recover from burnout and interview amazing guests that come and share their stories. I'm your host, Dr. Kim Hollingdale. I'm an ex-burner turned psychotherapist and coach, and I help people feel happier and more fulfilled in their workplace. Now let's get to the good stuff. I'm joined today by Helen Kardica, who, like me, comes from an agency background. So I'm really excited to get to talking about how agency life affects us and hearing Helen's exciting journey. So we're jumping right in. Give us Helen 101, please. I am a business consultant and performance coach. And today I primarily work with side hustling professionals as well as new and early stage business owners to get their businesses off the ground, to launch their businesses, to grow their businesses. And if they so desire, get out of their nine to five. So the reason I do this today and kind of what's led to this today, similar to you, I've actually got a decade of experience in marketing. And after my working in corporate in marketing, I was managing some of the social channels for one of the biggest entertainment companies in the world. I had that kind of dream job on paper kind of thing. And I actually got really burnt out (laughs) doing that. I decided to start a business, which was also in the marketing industry as a freelance online marketer. What ended up happening as I burnt out even more after starting my first business, because starting a business is hard. And it was then when I kind of went on this journey, self-discovery, finding out more about myself wanting to kind of figure out why I was burning out so much that I really decided to help other entrepreneurs that might be going through the same. So I decided to become a mindset coach. And then as my coaching practice developed, people started coming to me saying, hey, you're a mindset coach and you have this expertise and mindset, but also you have this business and marketing background because I had the decade of experience in marketing, but I also ran my own marketing business for four years as part of that. So people started saying like, hey, can you help us start a business? Which is so fantastic because I know with folks that I talk with about burnout, I normally work with them or talk with them about sort of three possible paths or three ways that I coach. One is just this emergency, like we're not quite sure what's going on, but we feel like shit, like SOS, let's figure some stuff out and get us feeling a little bit more able to tackle whatever it is. Second, which is sort of like figuring out, okay, we want to stay in our job or in our field. How do we like make the setting that we're in work better for us? And then sort of stage three is like, oh, that ship has sailed. I just want to get the heck out. And how can I do that? And it sounds like you have experience in all three of those, but are going to be absolutely brilliant news for the folks who are in stage sort of three and like, how do I take what I've invested in, all my skills, all my effort, all my training and experience and put it into an environment of my own creating so I can not live with that burnout anymore. So I am super excited and I know a bunch of folks who will be listening, who will be delighted to hear how we can go about doing that. Before I ask for all your great advice for other people, can I ask you a little bit more about your experience with burnout? As I mentioned, I kind of have two instances of experiencing burnout. And the first was when 
I was working an agency job in London. (laughs) (laughs) A lot of people probably listening to this. Yeah, agency, very fast paced. It was for a massive ad agency, creative agency. And I was running the social media channels for a huge entertainment company. The job on paper was a dream job. It was a great job. I loved my team. I had a supportive work culture. The big client that I was working with was very progressive, very forward thinking. So everything was actually great, as I said, on paper. Mm. But at the end of the day, I experienced what I now call emotional and spiritual burnout. So I think typically when people think about burnout, a lot of the time they think of that physical burnout, like overworking, super tired, exhausted, just like physically spent. But for me, there was definitely that aspect of it because I was working a lot of hours and things like that. It sounds so cheesy, but every day I was asking myself, is this all life has to offer? Like I was actually feeling so unfulfilled and Mm -hmm. kind of like wanting more for my life. Is this it? It was like the burnout came from this seed of like not lacking purpose. Because like I said, everything else was great on paper in the sense that I love my team. The work was good. The pay was fine. But it was literally just not having that core meaning in my work that led to that like spiritual bigger purpose kind of burnout as I called it. And at the time I had no idea that something like that would lead to burnout. I was going to work every day and I was depressed. So obviously that's going to impact, you know, other areas of your life when you're just not happy in your job, when you're dreading work on a Sunday. So that was my first experience of burnout. Academically, when we look at burnout, we talk about it being sort of three-pronged, right? The sort of physical and emotional exhaustion, then the sort of disconnection or or devaluing of the purpose of it. And then that, of course, has an impact on our effectiveness and our productivity. And so I'm with you, like that middle section, that piece about what is the value of our work, like what are we contributing to the world, can be really hard to recognize as a legit reason to feel the way that we did about our work because it doesn't often occur to us that that's something that can cause such substantial feelings of like dread depression apathy whatever it might be particularly as you mentioned like when the job on paper is so cool and other people would really want it and think it's really desirable I think there's a little bit of conflict in our own head about why we would be feeling not okay about it and is that a problem with us right we're more likely to kind of accuse ourselves of being like weird or off or lazy or or not something versus this job that looks perfect on paper being flawed in some way in terms of how it works for us totally and I think that's where the disconnect grows like you know it's working in PR you're working in advertising it's like the cool job right it's the creative fast pace you go to events like living that like that lavish lifestyle or whatever when you look around to everyone else and you see that everyone is seemingly like coping <laughs> or managing with the stress and the long hours and things like that you feel like there's something wrong with you. And that creates that wider disconnect of like, why am I here? Is this all life has to offer? You feel alienated from everyone Mm. else. And I think that definitely adds to that feeling of burnout for sure. So that was like my first experience of burnout. And that actually led me to kind of like what you were mentioning at the beginning, people that 
you know, are in that SOS crisis zone burnout is one kind of pillar of it. And then another is like, you know what, like I need to completely change my lifestyle in order to quote unquote, like fix this. Mm. So that's where I was. I was like, I'm not feeling fulfilled in this agency. And because I was a service provider in the agency, I was like, well, you know what, I can just go off and do this exact same work, but on my terms, right? I can go work for myself and I can have the freedom and fulfillment and flexibility to work my own hours, control my schedule, not overwork, do work that I love, all of that kind of thing. So that's actually a big reason why I left the agency job. I wanted to start my own business, but I was burning out and I just didn't think the nine to five was for me. But lo and behold, starting a business is really freaking hard. I started it and 18 months in, I was dealing with so many other challenges and pressures that quite frankly, I wasn't ready for that I think a lot of business owners aren't ready for, right? And if you're in that agency service provider field, you'll know like, you know, you're churning out lots of work at really quick turnarounds, demanding clients. And what I'd done is I'd essentially replicated what I had in the agency because that's all I knew in my business. But now I had all the financial stress and pressure that I didn't have in the agency. And I was also doing it all by myself. So I didn't have the support of my team and figuring it all out and wearing all the hats. About 18 months into my business is when I burnt out even more. And that's actually when I realized that there was a pattern. I realized this wasn't just the agency life. This wasn't just me feeling fulfilled because, hey, 18 months later, you've completely changed your life and your work life. The same problem is still happening, is still arising. And that's what made me kind of go deeper to figure out myself and figure out why that was happening. So important. I think I did a similar thing when I was burnt out in agency. I tried to fix it in the sort of relatively simple way that I thought I could, which is I'll just do this exact same job, but on another continent. If I move to Australia and do it near a beach, that'll be better. And now I think of it in this phrase, like rearranging the deck chairs on the Titanic. We got a different view, but everything else was still kind of the same. And it sounds like you had that same experience, right? We're just going to take this thing that isn't working for us here, do it in a different space or different way. And lo and behold, it doesn't work for us there. We end up, I think, what you're kind of leaning toward or where you're going next is with we go from trying to change some of the situational aspects to trying to think about things within us that kind of keep us creating or keep us finding ourselves in situations that burn us out. 100%. I was literally going to say it's one of those things where it's all about your internal reality, right? It's an inner game. And in terms, again, of those kind of categories that you've put people into in terms of like the SOS emergency versus what can you do right now to accelerate your job versus how can you change the bigger picture? I think that there is that element of maybe if you're in that SOS emergency crisis burnout, that you are looking at the surface level, not surface level, because they are just as important, but maybe you're looking at your time and energy management you're looking at you know how to lessen the overwhelm how to prioritize boundaries right. things like you can't that. go deep whilst you're putting out fires we need to put out the immediate fires before we can have a chance to look a bit deeper 100 and then i think once you've done that 
if you're still experiencing that burnout or you're seeing that pattern play out again and again, then you go deeper and you're asking yourself, what's the real reason that this is happening? What's the underlying root cause? And what did you, if we make it a little personal, like what did you find that were yours? Were there like personality features or ways that you kind of moved through the world that made it harder or made you more likely to be vulnerable to burnout? Yes. So after my second burnout and becoming a coach, And one of the reasons I actually became a coach is because I was so prone to burnout and chronic stress that I thought to myself, you know, and this was before I moved into business coaching. I was like, I need a job where I can walk my talk. If I want more work-life balance and I want to be less stressed and calmer and just manage myself better, what job will make me, will force me to do that? (laughs) Like yoga teacher, ah, coach you know what I mean and that was the reason I became a coach because I wanted to live into that truth and really learn for myself what that would be like like embody that because I knew if I was life coaching because that's how I started like life mindset coaching if I was coaching other people to have more work-life balance I would to an extent have to be working towards that myself right so becoming a coach was actually my gateway into learning more about myself and that burnout was that gateway and for me what I found was that I was trying really really hard to prove my worth that was a big one I was always needing to perform so I after working with my own coach I discovered all these childhood wounds because basically when I was really young, I played really competitive tennis. So my parents were always pushing me to win, win, succeed. My parents were lovely, right? Like I had a great upbringing, but little did they know they were like conditioning me to be a like a hyper performer and a hyper achiever. So it was this hyper performing, hyper achieving tendencies that were pushing me to always want to perform to prove my worth. It was that like over-functioning kind of personality and also being proud of that, like being proud of being this type A overachiever and being proud of my perfectionism and things like that, that just led me to always wanting to do more, to never really feeling satisfied at where I was. And like one question I always love to ask my clients who are similar with these overperforming kind of tendencies is like, what would this look like for you if you just did this, this task or this project or this job or whatever it is, what would it look like if you just gave your 80% here? (laughs) I don't know if this is something you say, but like you are going at 120%, a million miles an hour all the time, which means you're going above and beyond What would happen if you just did your 80% or your 70%? Because I bet that even your 60%. I have what I lovingly call the half-ass club, which is for those folks who are inclined to always go the extra mile or always be looking for the next thing and have a hard time either like allowing themselves to step back or even just appreciating, you know, what they have done. I set the challenge to join the half-ass club which is you have to do a task or a few things at half effort just to see what will happen. And as you say, most of the time, what will happen is absolutely nothing different. Outcome wise, you'll still meet all the expectations that people had. You'll still meet all your goals and requirements and deadlines. You just might arrive there 
at that sort of finish line of whatever the task is, slightly less <laughs> strung out, stressed yeah. and exhausted. And so I normally start that with folks and it can be anything, right? Like do your morning workout half-assed, do your meeting half-assed, do your conversation with your team half-assed. Like it's not a lifelong strategy, but just to get a reality check on how much you're normally doing versus what is totally functionable. Totally. And to see exactly functionable, not over-functioning, right? Because that's what a lot of us ex-burnout sufferers do. We're over-functioning. And I love that so much. Like something I say to my clients is like, why go and try and be the best version of yourself or try and have the best day ever? What would happen if you set out to have the most okayest day ever? <laughs> what would that look like? <laughs> Your average is probably not that average anyway, right? And so for folks that come to you or that come to me and we're in the place of like, okay, this job that I'm in can't be rectified. Either I'm too burnt out to make those maneuvers or the workplace just won't flex and adjust in the ways that I need. How do you help people or how do you advise people to take the skills that they have into their own businesses? Like what's the process? Yeah, that's a really good question. I think first and foremost is really understanding why you want to get into business, getting into business for the right reasons. I think for me, like I mentioned, I kind of had this like, you know, they talk about like away, away from motivation or towards motivation. So I wasn't running towards my business because I had this big vision that I was so passionate about. I was running away out of my nine to five because I couldn't stand it. So like, you know, they always say that that away motivation is really motivating because you got to get out of something quick. But then once you're in it, you may be a little bit flustered or frazzled and, you know, because you got into it for the wrong reasons, not being as, I guess, safe or secure or as well resourced as you could be. So if someone is in this burnout stage and they're really like, screw it, I want out of my nine to five and I've really Think starting a business would be the best thing. Don't make the mistake I did because I just burnt out again straight away. I would really learn, figure out what those underlying causes are for that burnout and get comfortable, get into a secure place where you can build like a safety runway for your business in terms of making sure you have some clients already on the side, like one or two clients. That's what I did or at least making sure you have some kind of savings runway. And I know that's kind of obvious, but I think like to some people, but I think it's also good to hear other people's experiences of like, yeah, that's what you do. You save like three or six months worth of savings or whatever that you need to live to ensure that you go into that business and you're able to kind of go into it without having that financial pressure on yourself. But I would say like, that's what that process looks like. You know, make sure you're not like jumping out of the hot water, but you're actually able to really plan from a well-resourced place and make sure you're either building that safety fund or, you know, actually creating some clients before you actually step out of it. Like working in an agency to going into business yourself. I think a lot of people think that going into business is very scary or risky, but I talk to so specifically service providers, so many service providers that have that agency background. And their one regret about business or going into business is that they didn't do it sooner. The one thing I want to say here is, again, I know that sounds cliche, but it is so easy if you know what your skills and expertise 
is. Like if you work in PR or if you work in online marketing, if you're an SEO specialist or social media manager or you're an accountant, whatever it is, if you can already do that job that a bigger company is paying you to do, you've got that. You've got that skills and experience. So that's like half the job done. Um, Have a little faith and confidence in yourself. Exactly. Like you've got that. You're doing this all the time. And I guess when it comes to that transition, it's really thinking about, you know, like a thing that comes up with a lot of my clients is imposter syndrome. (laughs) Like, oh, I could do it here, but I can't do it for my own business. So I think it's just really being aware of those things and working on like the belief in yourself and that self-trust because you've got that main skill that people are going to pay for the other kind of mindset blocks you're probably going to have to work on is that imposter syndrome that will come up and be like no but you can't do it on your own because you're not capable that will come up because that's just you know your subconscious naturally just trying to protect you right of course that fear is going to come up I would also say another challenge that goes into starting your business is all the money mindset or the money fears. So that's why I advocate really having that safety runway to know that you're going to be able to pay for your rent or your mortgage and feed yourself while you're setting up your business. And when it comes to that money stuff, I also want to say you're probably going to start your business wanting to charge not like not what you're worth. That's going to be your highway to burnout. Charging really low and taking on lots of clients and lots of work. That's a really practical element of burnout in business, but literally undercharging makes you feel drained. It makes you feel resentful. So you've got that emotional kind of mental and emotional burnout, but it's also going to make you be working more. And what I want to say is that's actually, if you're start thinking of starting a business or you're in those early stages, you're charging less, but working more because you got so many clients. I would say really think about some of those practical elements before starting a business, if you struggle with burnout, but also think about some of those mindset challenges that might inevitably kind of pop up as well. That makes so much sense to me because I think it is hard, right? When we certainly early in our careers, when we are working something, we don't always have that financial buffer. And so when we hear folks talk about like getting those savings in place, I think that can be kind of disheartening for folks who are like, oh God, that's going to take me ages and I can't, you know, bear this any longer. But you also talk about using... Uh, a side hustle approach to kind of build for you. Now, I get on my soapbox about side hustles that are for filling the gaps financially of what your full-time job should be paying. But side hustles that you intend to ultimately make your full-time job, I think, serve a very different purpose. So in your experience, though, what tips or what advice could you give to someone who is going to have to do this by the side hustle route? How they can work the full-time job do their side hustle and not burn out before they get the opportunity to leave. Like really, really knowing your boundaries. And I think as part of that is really connecting to what's important to you and what you really want. Because I think if you ultimately know that you want to start a successful, profitable, sustainable business and you're willing to work an hour or two a day on top of your full-time job that you're already kind of maybe struggling with if you're suffering from burnout, I think it's having those emotional boundaries in place where just like what we talked about, 
if you're giving 120% to your current nine to five in your job, but that's ultimately not what's important to you, that's not the ultimate end goal, then it's a personal boundary, like it's a mental, emotional boundary to not say yes to that extra thing that your boss is trying to do just because, you know, you feel the need to do that, to deliver. And I'm not saying that in a bad thing. I'm not passing judgment on anyone that does that. But I have clients, even now, they don't suffer from burnout. And, you know, they're trying to build a business on the side of their nine to five. And they're literally taking on extracurriculars at work or, you know, their boss is asking them to host a training because it's good for their development and their progression. It's so hard to say no to those things, right? I know that because, like, you know, they're opportunities. You're such a go-getter. You're a high achiever anyway. So those are opportunities you just want to say yes to because you want to perform. But if it's not in line with what you ultimately want, and if what you ultimately want is to build a business, you must have those personal boundaries. And to have those boundaries, you must connect to your values and what you really want. And you just have to practice implementing them, practice implementing, keeping those boundaries saying no to things that you really just want to do, but aren't going to pay you extra or give you any time off so that you can really make the time for your business. And time is another really good point. If you are side hustling and you kind of have in your mind, I'm all about sustainable business. So I don't think this is going to be an overnight thing. Maybe you're side hustling for like six months or a year before you go full time or even more. What I want to say is this whole concept of time versus energy management. I'm sure this is something that you talk about a lot of the time. But when we realize it's not the time you have, but like the energy in which you're actually doing those tasks, like the energy in which you are working on those things that are going to drive your business forward, like that's the most important thing. So when we're thinking about energy management, that's where all these kind of like burnout strategies come in around making sure that you are taking breaks, making sure that you're doing those fulfilling, joyous things that are filling your cup, making sure that, you know, you're not coming home from your nine to five and working on your business till midnight and not getting any sleep, finding the best times that work for you when you're most productive and creative. You know, sometimes it's changing your lifestyle and your schedule. Maybe it's like waking up an hour earlier to get things done before the stress of your nine to five so that at the end of the day, you can actually just go home and fully relax and re-energize yourself. All those kind of things I think is super important to think about. I mean, gosh, so much I want to say in response to that. But yeah, like we all have each day this finite resource of energy, be it physical or emotional energy, like I call it the energy bowl. And if we are taking out of there three quarters of our energy bowl, because we are working 120% at a job that we don't plan on staying in for very long, then it doesn't leave us much left for other things, right? Whether it's our family, our friends, or the other things that we're trying to grow in our lives. And so like you say, energy management is not just seeing wonderful opportunities that come our way, because when you are good at what you do, there will always be opportunities for growth and development and people want you to do extra things and keep going. As you say, it can be hard to say no to those things because they are good opportunities and it feels good to be offered those things. But if they do not help you, toward where you are trying to go, it is just 
energy leakage and energy you could have been directing either to looking after yourself, which is so important to the sustainable lifestyle and business, or to growing that business. So with every time we take on a new task, we're ultimately blocking ourselves from something else. Yeah, exactly. And I think going back to like really reminding yourself about why you're actually doing this, what's important to you. Like when we talk about what's important to you, that's just value. So make sure you know your values because then when you have those hard decisions, like, oh, really good opportunity at work, you know, versus extra time this week to work on my business, knowing your values is a decision-making tool, right? Like decision-making is just values prioritization so know those things and use them every time you come up against these hard ask request decisions that you really don't want to say no to but probably are in your best interest to absolutely so in burnout made me do it i have a facebook group and then various tools one of them is this repeat reminder to select each month what are your sort of feeling goals, right? What are the states we want to feel more? And I always have mine pinned up on the wall. I can see mine right now. So for example, mine say freedom, purpose, consistency, growth, and intention. When I am facing a decision, I simply have to look at that and ask myself, if I say yes to this question, am I getting closer or further away from those feeling states? And that can help me be, you know, my best decision maker for my longer term goals, not just those sort of like tangible goals, but the things we're ultimately trying to get to, which is feeling states. So that's an exercise that you can access via the Burnout Made Me Do It group or via burnoutmademedoit.com. I have tools for it there. I know you have a collection of tools as well. What can folks access if they're interested in sort of learning a little bit more about you or the ways that you work? If you want to learn more about me and my work, the best place to visit is just helenkartika.com. Or I hang out on Instagram quite a bit as well. So that's just at underscore Helen Kartika underscore. And on my website as well, I've got a couple of free resources. So one is something that we talked about, but how to use your existing skills and experience to create a profitable business coming from my own experiences as a service provider, as well as a business coach. And I also have a journal prompt resource on there to uncover some mindset blocks that you might be having in business. So things like the money stuff we talked about, comparison, fear of judgment, imposter syndrome, lack of confidence and all that kind of thing. Fantastic. Any last message you would like to share or any topic we didn't get to that you wanted to talk to? In terms of the message, I think that really check in with yourself, (laughs) I think is one of the things. I think something that's really helped me, and I'm sure you do this with your clients, but for me and burnout, what really helped was creating time and space to really check in and see how I was doing. And I know that might not be the best advice for those people that are in the SOS burnout stage. Because when I was in that, I always describe it like, you know, when you're inside the jar, you can't read the label. I don't know if that metaphor even makes sense. But you're just so caught up 
that you really don't see like the severity of what's kind of happening. It's only after with hindsight that you're like, oh yeah. And for me to not go back into that burnout state was really just prioritizing, checking in with myself. And for me, literally when I was feeling overwhelmed, a game changer or when I would start to feel like, you know, like, I don't know, little things propping up, those tiny anxieties or worries When I saw the first hint of overwhelm, I would just check in with myself on a scale of like one to 10, on a scale of one to 10, how stressed am I feeling? And obviously, you know, we know that stress is good because that makes you perform, it motivates you to get stuff done and to meet deadlines. So if I was around like a six or a seven, that was fine. And anything over than that, like an eight, (laughs) I would be able to go, okay, like what's on my schedule for this week? What can I remove? What can I take out? What can I say no to? What can I implement? And it was really checking in with myself. And I did that through a journaling practice, like taking five minutes out of my day in the morning or the evening just to do that. And I know for some people, journaling seems so arduous. Even if I sat down and didn't actually write anything, it was just giving myself that space. Like I always say that about journaling. It's not about sometimes what you write. It's just giving yourself that space. So if there was any advice I could give to anyone that experiences burnout, never underestimate the really, really simple tools. Cause I think everyone's always looking for, you know, the magic pill or the quick fix, but I think just checking in with yourself is one of them. And also just prioritizing your body for me with burnout. This was something that I didn't do when I burnt out in agency. And I think that has also kind of come with like age and maturity and prioritizing myself more, but really just not. And I know this is such basic advice as I'm saying it, but like not moving those things out of your calendar, like your workouts or meal prepping so you can eat healthy that week. Just making sure you're prioritizing those really, really, really basic needs that your body has. So yeah, that would be my advice for anyone that's suffering burnout. I'm sure you are saying the same to your clients. Yes, but it's so interesting, right? Because it is sort of the basic foundations of our well-being that I think we tend to overlook often. It's so simple. We hear it so much that we're like, yeah, 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 whatever. But, you know, if we're not fueling ourselves, if we're not resting, if we're not having some fun, we can't bring our best selves to anything or anyone. So it's how we prioritize those things that sound so basic to make them really the central parts of our life because they allow us to do everything else. I always say that everyone has a tell when they're shifting over into like too stressed or close to burnout. My tell is when my workouts slip off my schedule. When I start going, it's fine, I'll do it tomorrow. I'll do it tomorrow. I'll do it tomorrow. Which is not really like me unless I'm tipping over into that place. So that's my Mm. first sign. I like to ask everyone a super sort of flippant question, or it can be flippant or serious. Worst or funniest thing you've ever done as a result of burnout? Oh my God, like so many things. It's definitely not funny, but like, calling into work, being the first person at work at 8am and just having a full-blown anxiety attack and having to to leave, like literally calling my boss or not even calling. I think I message and having to like fake sick 
Mm. saying that I just got to work and, you know, actually like denying, like we were talking about earlier, like feeling a bit alienated and like no one else is getting it and actually having to lie about the fact that you're super stressed and anxious. So yeah, I would say like that was one of the worst things I've done because of burnout. It's getting better, but in our workplaces, we tend to feel like physical illness physical unwellness or disease is more acceptable than stress, emotional, psychological kind of unwellness. And so you are not alone. I've done it. And pretty much everyone that I work with has done it where we have had to explain away an absence or why we can't do something because of a physical illness, because we just think it's going to be more legitimized than because we're stressed or because we can't summon the energy today. Thanks for joining us this week on the Burnout Made Me Do It podcast. Make sure to subscribe to the show so you'll never miss an episode. And if you want to know how much burnout is costing you, you can go to my website, www.burnoutmademedoit.com, where you'll find a free burnout calculator. Till next time, friends. Remember, Mondays aren't the enemy, burnout is.